Welcome to the OCRWC podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by elite athlete Nicole Merrickle. After taking a long break from OCR due to injury, she had a triumphant return at the Spartan 3K series. We chat about her injury, recovery, how she kept herself in the game, and what the 3K series is all about. Nicole, you're back. I'm back. <laughs> Finally, it feels like forever that you've been out of racing. It does feel like a long time. It was it was an unexpectedly long, too. Mm. So let's recap on what has happened and where you've kind of been in the last couple of years, because you've had quite a triumphant return, I would say. I was very happy to see your return at the first Spartan 3K. But let's talk about where you've been and what you've been through before we talk about that. Yeah, sure. With the whole injury? Yeah. So you, you that... was ACL reconstruction, wasn't it? About two yes. years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think it was June 7th, twenty. 21, I had ACL reconstruction um, to my left knee, and I had a relatively new procedure done where they take part of your quad tendon to reconstruct the ACL. And um, in pretty much all ACL reconstructions, gaining quad strength back is very vital to recovery. It's, um, it's quite one of like the first difficulties to kind of overcome. And and my journey to get my quad strength back was very stubborn and it was and it was kind of longer than uh, than I expected than my surgeon, my PT, everyone felt like there was just something a little bit off um, and eventually figured out that I had a lot of scar tissue in my quad, um, given that it had been taken from that area and it's not it's not unusual for people to, to have scar tissue that lingers like that, but mine was, was really extensive and it was, and it was greatly impeding my progress. But I think it was hard to catch it earlier because I didn't have big deficits in mobility. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, I think I was able to compensate for, for that quad deficit. And there's a lot of ways to to kind of your body learns how to cheat <laughs> little exercises. And so um, so it went slightly um, un- unsolved for a little bit. But mm. finally realized that I needed to address the scar tissue issue. I had a couple of procedures that really um, were able to, to target that. And and then, so I feel like my, my real journey back began, <laughs> began last fall. <laughs> after I had those procedures, then everything started to click and it felt like an like a normal recovery. And my PT was like, okay, yeah, this is now normal. This is like, like now your progress is, you know, actually makes sense. So yeah, I just kind of felt like a struggle for about a year and a half um, with just like a lot of confusion and a lot of questions and um, knowing that something wasn't quite right, mm. but um, but again, I haven't been through this process before. And so um, it was just, yeah, it's just still hard to figure out. But that <laughs> um, started making progress last fall. And then um, this spring got to a point where I was able to run normal mileage and put in decent training, um, really build back my quad strength. And I'll, I would still say that um, my left leg is not 100%. Mm-hmm. There is still, 
there's still a bit of uh, strength deficit. There's still a little bit of like movement patterns that are not quite perfect, not quite normal. Um, but when I'm many times when I'm running, when I'm climbing on the race course, I, I don't feel like anything is wrong. Mm. So there's, there's many more times that I have no apprehension and that I feel, you know, for lack of a better term, normal. <laughs> so it's difficult, is isn't good, it? When, good days and bad days. <laughs> <laughs> when you have something, whether it's in training or competition or it's recovery, to kind of know what is supposed to feel normal, the level of pain or discomfort that is acceptable and kind of needed in order to succeed that you have to push through and what is not okay. And we can never know because we only live on our own bodies. So it must be really yeah. frustrating coming back from an injury and knowing your body really, really well. And, you know, not not knowing, <laughs> is this okay? Is this how I'm supposed to feel? Is this not how I'm supposed to feel? My body doesn't normally work like this. Yeah, that's it's very bizarre to have kind of, you know, one one baseline measure to go off of and mm. to to have a gauge for so long of oh yeah like you know I have bilateral soreness in my calves like okay that's normal mm. but then I have like well I have this like sharp pain only on um, my left ankle then like oh that's probably not as normal but with a, a rehab <laughs> like ACL surgery it's like obviously it's um you know it's going to feel different <laughs> So yeah, it was, it was a weird process and, um, I find it helpful to, to reach out to other people that have been through that mm -hmm. experience and obviously rely on, um, my physical therapist a lot, but it's still at the end of the day, like no one's recovery is the same too. Mm -hmm. So I think like people see that with Corinna, like Corinna is also another, elite athlete in the sport that tore her ACL and mm. and she's had a very different recovery than I have and, and we had the same surgeries too really so um yeah so it's just it like really depends on I think yeah the person mm. so whilst you're recovering you still kind of kept yourself involved in OCR in the ways that you could and you are obviously still incredibly active you got into climbing and actually did quite a cool trip regarding I mean this is not a sport that I know anything about but I'd love to hear more about it was, it was ice climbing wasn't it yes um I've been I've kind of dabbled in ice climbing since maybe 2019 mm. I've been to the, the gym a little bit I've been outside a couple times um prior to this this competition season mm. and um it's it's a ton of fun it's <laughs> <laughs> the actual competition scene is very different from true outdoor ice climbing. Um, but you're using the same tools. You have, you have sharp points on your boots, you have sharp points in your hands <laughs> and, um, and you're trying to scale a wall typically, mm -hmm. you know, trying to make it the farthest you can um, in the, in the least amount of time. And uh, yeah, it's something that I, I considered competing in before, but it, uh, I guess it was just never really lined up well with other things that I was doing. Mm. Um, and in December, I, um, I got, I went into the gym. I hadn't mm. been since my injury 
and I tried it out, realized, oh, this actually feels quite good on my knee. It feels like my knee can move well, that it's not in any kind of like precarious position. And I went home that night and I signed up for a competition. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I was a little eager, you know, after at that point, like a year and a half out of, out of any type Mm of competition, I think I was just really itching to do something. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, once I realized, oh, I could do this, I was like, let's go. (laughs) Let's do something. That competitive spirit hasn't gone. You just needed an outlet for it. Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, I saw yeah. some of the pictures you posted from you did a nice trip to Europe and you did some competition. I mean, it looks it looks pretty crazy because you're using tools, like you say, like sharp tools. You got sharp, sharp things going on. It's not like normal climbing or you know, indoor climbing or whatever, top rope indoors. But you just, you know, you've got your hands and you've got stuff to cling on to and you've got your feet. you you you're holding on to tools, which is a pretty difficult grip. And then you're using those to maneuver around objects walls ice whatever like that's that's going to do a lot for your grip strength it's it's great grip strength i would say the barrier to entry is actually lower than rock climbing because since it is such a, a bigger more solid grip you don't have to fill up your tendons and your ligaments in oh. your in your fingers like the little tiny ones in your fingers as well um so in that regard someone who's pretty strong can just come in and you know you have to learn the tools and you have Mm. to learn those those little nuances but it's actually easier to pick up and excel at I would say than somebody who's just relatively strong who steps into a rock climbing gym um they're still going to be pretty blown away by the requirement to have really strong fingers (laughs) it surprises me because it looks so intimidating you know, it looks it, it, unusual yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the equipment, like it looks really intimidating. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think it it looks, yeah, it looks very extreme. <laughs> and I think that's one reason I love bringing people to the gym and having them try it out. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because, yeah, there's there's a bit of a fear factor involved. Um, I think people feel really cool doing it. And it's like a kind of empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you use the the competition boots that mm-hmm. have that have the front the front sharp points it's really fun to kick them into the wall <laughs> <laughs> it feels really cool <laughs> that's awesome so you did you competed a bit in that you came to europe and did a, a trip around and kind of made i mean it's quite impressive to be able to find a sport that doesn't impact your knees too much there's not many sports that you can do competitively that aren't going to be uh really putting wear and tear on your knees so it's it's good that you were you already had the skills in one that you could that you could uh cross over yeah with with at least the the ice climbing competitions that they are all um on ropes Mm. and so I didn't have any worry of falling Mm. um there's always things that can happen for sure um, especially when you have sharp objects in your hand and you're climbing and falling. But in terms of jumping, landing, falling, there mm. was there was no risk there. And mm. so that was that was a, a big factor in me being able to do it at the at the point in my knee recovery that I was in. Yeah. 
It's excellent. Yeah. But something I want to ask you about later as well is the impact of having had a knee injury and then kind of getting back into competitive sport and the running, because obviously you have recently done that. In fact, let's do that now. And um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the yeah. your dream team as well. So we'll, we'll come back onto that. So you recently came back to OCR. We've all been kind of waiting and hoping it now will be the time, now will be the time, and you did it. And you did it at a really momentous occasion, which was the very first Spartan 3K event. Huge movement for the sport, you know, a little bit controversial, but everything is. Um, mm-hmm. And you came and you won the first event. How was that for a comeback? <laughs> um, yeah, I I would say there's, some mixed feelings there um I let's see so at that time that was about um a month ago now mm. and I would say yeah the excitement to come back to be able to race and to be able to to win that race that was all amazing and mm. it was yeah basically like it's all you can ask in a recovery and a return to sport um the fact that it was in this first 3k and that it was it's it's this the series that is just it's new and people don't really know what to think about it yet and you know um the attendance hasn't hasn't been great i would say Mm. Um, so in some ways it was almost bittersweet because that the first race, the second one was a little bit better, but the first one spectator wise, like not well attended at all. Mm. And, and so it was like, you know, like my, my parents were there and like a few other people's families were there, which was great to have their support. And I know people were watching online as well, but it wasn't the same environment Mm. as the, the series races from before. Mm. And so it was a little bit, a little bit kind of like weird and eerie in that way, because, you know, we're running and there's just like very, very few people, um, on site and, um, almost anticlimactic in that way. Um, but it was good to see that the second race in Big Bear, it was more well attended. There Mm -hmm. were definitely more spectators and that excitement, that like actual race feeling and experience was way more there for sure. Yeah. So I don't know if that's like excitement is building for it or if, you know, for some reason there are just more people that came out that Friday night mm-hmm. to to view the course for their race the next day. But it was definitely an improvement. Yeah. I mean, one of the ideas behind it is that it's so spectator and media friendly and it should be very spectator friendly. But yeah, I suppose being on a Friday night makes it difficult for a lot of people mm-hmm. you know, traveling, getting to an event. Whatever they have to do, not everyone will go. But hopefully as time goes on, and I didn't even consider that part of it, to be honest. Um, but hopefully as time goes on, it will become more of a thing and people will want to come mm-hmm. and watch the competition happening. Um, but yeah, I can see that's a bit... I mean, I think it's super cool that the first one of something brand new, which is your comeback mm-hmm. race, you're like, yep, won that, I'm back. <laughs> um, and I didn't even think that, oh yeah, there might not have been the support there to kind of lift the feeling whilst you're there but I still think it's super cool I still think that's such a great comeback like it was it was perfect I mean it was yeah (laughs) well I think it was just the perfect the perfect like race course for me Mm. um 
all like most of the obstacles were very friendly to my knee in a lot of ways. Um, and I did go into that race with a little apprehension, to be honest. It was, I'm even just one in one month, I've, I've gained so much more confidence in my knee mm. and the things that I can do now are really different than what I could do a month ago. Mm. And so going into that race, I was cleared by my PT. I was, you know, I, I passed all the tests. I was ready, but there was still some apprehension and, and just still that little question of like, how is it going to feel on mm. race day? So um, it's very to have natural. kind of like a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I was just saying it's very natural when you've had some kind of injury. And I think, you know, we've seen this with a lot of athletes and most people have experienced it themselves. If you've had something that has been causing you pain or causing you difficulties, even if you know that it's okay, you always protect that slightly. And then going into an event and when it's something as fast as this event, where, you you know, you've really got to be throwing yourself around a little bit, there's going to be a lot of apprehension, I imagine. To, to Is this safe? Is this okay? Am I going to land am I going to hurt myself how is it going to feel how's it going to last like it's a big event to take on yeah and and a lot of things you can't you can't really replicate exactly in practice sure there's there's obstacle racing gyms here um you know we have amazing trails in boulder but uh especially just kind of where I was in in my training and, mm-hmm. and in my progress I hadn't been on some of that terrain was really like, you know, uneven and kind of like off trail and running through the water. And a lot of those parts, I was like, this is brand new for me. <laughs> this is my first <laughs> time t- testing my knee in this environment. <laughs> um, and just even just like the, the, the amount of obstacles, the amount of running and getting on something, getting off something, even mm-hmm. if they were really small hops down even from just you know z wall to the ground or a frame Mm. um to the ground like even those little tiny things were um you know you could say like oh i've done a billion plyometrics in the gym but it's different it is still different when it's in a a race scenario yeah and it's different when it's you know oh you're actually you're jumping a little bit more like diagonally off of this height versus like um a plyo box yeah so kind of lots of questions and everything turned out good (laughs) so yeah you can't replicate that feeling of outdoors racing the way that you move the the yeah like you say just maybe slightly going diagonally or just and just the 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 speed or the terrain being slightly different it's it's so Mm -hmm. so difficult to replicate and a lot of the things that happen in competition are things that you know, for example, we'll talk about the spear throw. That's one that's always a bit controversial with people. And the reason why it's yeah. difficult is because people's adrenaline is high and, and they're, they're not steady. You can practice a thousand times standing in your backyard, but it's not the same as doing it in a race environment. Uh, whereas other obstacles, it doesn't matter so much. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's something really new, but it went well. And you came away, I'm guessing, with no pain? Yep, I had I had no pain in my knee. Um... And that was one of the biggest wins for sure was being able to wake up the next day and have a sore neck from the bucket (laughs) and, (laughs) you know, some, some cuts and scrapes here and there from like the rope climb and whatnot, but step out of bed and be like, Oh, my knee feels good. (laughs) 
be able to go for a run. Yeah, it was it was all very positive. That's amazing. And what was that feeling of knowing that you had won? Obviously, you say it's a big win, the fact that you didn't have pain, but coming back after something so huge and getting that win, what what was that like? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I didn't really... To, to me, it's just like one, it's just one race and it's just like one small step in the process. <sighs> and so it's like, like, yeah, I, I was happy. I was, but I was more happy just to like <laughs> be there with friends and my parents afterwards and be, and just be in like that race environment and have been able to participate in it too. Like I've, I have gone to a lot of races throughout my recovery um, mm-hmm. and been able to, you know, be there for like the team or, or just hang out and and be with friends but it is different when you got to you got to be in there and experience it yourself too and Mm. so I don't know I I think that it it wasn't something that like um it was like yep this is great won this race really happy super happy that my knee felt good and now it's like time to get back to work Mm. so um that's kind of it's more to me just like one small step in like the whole process of (laughs) fair enough maybe I'm getting a little bit romantic (laughs) there I was just I was so excited but I I appreciate that other people are real excited (laughs) I mean it's big it's good to see you back you know like we have like great athletes like there are wonderful people to watch and support but I think a lot of people have wanted to have you back as well like it's good to have you joining the roster again and just adding another level to the competition so yeah maybe maybe I'm a bit too overexcited about it but there we go (laughs) <laughs> no I get it and and there's there's a lot of uh, other moments that are really similar outside of racing too like the first time I was able to run up and down a mountain mm-hmm. um without without having to like hold back at all that was like that was a big day too that's um, a huge day yeah and uh, I guess yeah, as big as racing is I think <laughs> having had something like this taken away from me for so long for like two years not being able to to really just do the things that I love to do in my daily life um it almost makes racing kind of um less important and it just it it like highlights how how valuable it is to me to Mm -hmm. be able to run every day to be able to go climb um like those things are just like they're just as special as being able to go to a race and do well Mm. that's really lovely though it's really nice because yeah I know a lot of people absolutely love their training and it is part of their life but a lot of people it, it can be a bit of a chore it could be hard work it could be difficult to fit in but just to hear you say it like that it's like yeah this is who you are this is you naturally is moving and mm-hmm. running and and building yourself up and and having this strength and confidence and it's it's lovely to hear that you can get back to it and that you can enjoy it and just be who you are <laughs> thanks <laughs> So you've done, you did both of the Spartan 3Ks so far. For anyone who didn't watch the coverage, hasn't seen much of what they are, what are they like? What what kind of happens? What's what's the setup? What's the formula? And what was it like racing it in terms of, you know, taking part? So the the current format is a 1K loop that has 12 obstacles in it. And how it's run is that you have round one several heats run Mm -hmm. 1k and the fastest 
so many times advance to round two. And then those runners in round two will again run a 1K loop. And then the fastest five, 10, whatever it is, amount of times from round two, then advances to the final. Mm. And then the final is not just 1K, it's three loops of that 1K course. So the final is longer, which is, it definitely makes sense now having, having run the course, Mm. I would say either, yes, you can have a 3K final. We could also just do a 1K final. I think that Mm. would be really exciting. But um, initially I didn't quite comprehend why they're like the prelims were different in length than the final. Mm. Um, and, and if we're doing a 3k final, I would, I would definitely see now mm-hmm. that doing two 3k prelims would be exhausting <laughs> yes. because it's so, they're so obstacle dense mm. that is it. Would, and, and they actually take quite a long amount of time. It's about the 30 minute race. It's not, it's not like OCRWC that is a 15 to 20 minute race. They, they run longer. They run okay. more like a, you know, a 10K in time. Mm. And so, um, so because of that, yeah, if we were doing a 3K prelim, a 3K prelim, and then a 3K final, yeah. that would be, how many obstacles would that be? Um, 36, what, 36 around times three is, mm-hmm. oh no, yes. 99 <laughs> plus 12, 111, I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> over over 100 obstacles. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, so you do the 1K, you advance the second round, do another 1K, advance the final, and then the final has three loops in it. And and yeah, like the way that it runs, I think because it's so obstacle dense and because a lot of the obstacles are very different from OCRWC ones. And that's the, I only compare it to that because that's the that's the only 3k (laughs) that we've seen in the past. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the, the Spartan ones are, are things that they seem to, to, to take a little bit more time. So, um, so far they've had, they've had the dunk wall and rolling mud Mm -hmm. in, in them. Mm -hmm. Um, they had barbed wire on the first one. Um, you know, they had a pretty long bucket on the first one, even though it was flat. Um, definitely had some shorter faster obstacles like the rig like mm. z-wall monkey bars those sort of things but i think there's enough there's enough obstacles that do take a little bit more time that mm. it's um you're never running for that long in between obstacles first of all and and just because of the type of obstacles it actually um it just it feels a little bit slower it doesn't mm. doesn't feel like you're like going like all out um yeah or like the tendency with short courses to absolutely cram them like we've seen it in europe a bit to absolutely cram them with very very technical obstacles and it doesn't it's still Mm -hmm. not fast but there is there has been that tendency Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting that they've taken what technically work better as long course obstacles and put them in a fast course like it's it's slightly different it's kind of the yeah, like you say, it's, it's OCRWC is kind of in between those two, mm-hmm. ex, not extremes, those two ends of the spectrum, um, and it, yeah, slightly, slightly unexpected. I would have, I would have thought mm-hmm. it would be faster, 
faster obstacles. I still think it's faster. Yeah. <laughs> I I guess I, I yeah, I, I kind of was anticipating closer races mm. and and just the faster pace in general. Mm. Um, which it's not to say I don't, and that's probably sounds negative. I don't mean to be negative. I don't think it sounds negative. <laughs> it's, it's just different. Yeah, yeah, this is what I thought it would be. It was this. That is all fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's negative to to talk about what something is and what you'd picture. That's that's absolutely fine. It happens yeah. to all of us. I think, well, I know I do it. Every time I'm going somewhere or going to do something, I have an image in my head of exactly what it's going to look like. It never <laughs> looks like that, ever. That's fine. It is what mm-hmm. it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was surprised by... I suppose I shouldn't have been because um, these athletes who are taking part, you're all going to push yourself really, really hard. But everyone seemed quite surprised by the level of difficulty um, and, and how much kind of they suffered a bit during during the event. Maybe did two people go in thinking, oh, it's a 1K loop. It's not going to be that difficult. Um, yes, I think that. I think I think people were really focused on the race distance and they didn't comprehend as much the obstacle density or just the sheer number of obstacles because what I would say is the the day after the Florida race the first one I was quite sore like like in my yeah again like my back Mm -hmm. my neck like um knee was fine great but (laughs) but I I was like I just felt more beat up Mm. Yeah, like I was like, I was more beat up than I thought I would be. Mm. And I was like, man, like, I feel like I ran a beast the day Mm. before. And, and then I was thinking about it. And I was like, you know what, I kind of did. Because the number of obstacles that I did would have, you know, exceeds exceeds the number that's on a beast course. Mm. So even though it's not as much running, it's, it's just as much, if not way more obstacles. (laughs) And I think that's like, that's what people we're kind of missing. Mm. Um, yeah, because both both in Florida and at Big Bear, um, I think for different reasons, but both times, what I heard in between the rounds and afterwards was like, wow, that was so much harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> um, and, and I would say, um, yeah. <laughs> It's also quite just, difficult just to do events where you kind of on and then resting and then switch on again. You know, to have a, a race, a break, a race, a break, a race. That in itself is, a, is, I think, a bit of a challenge. It is. And that's, I would say, the other big thing that people didn't know what to expect was what was going to be the rest between rounds. And it's ended up ended up being very short. It's like ten to fifteen really? minutes. Yep. Yeah, which I think lends to the race running slower mm. because again, it's really not a one k. It's really not a three k. It's a broken up five k. <laughs> <laughs> if if you're running all the rounds, then you end up running a five k, you know, with just a couple breaks. So these sound perfect for people who don't really like running, but do like obstacles, just want to do Spartan obstacles, but really, mm-hmm. really hate the running part. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. What was the female participation like at the event? Because I know, you know, the numbers that they were talking about to start with and then that you would, you know, roll down and qualify. And I was kind of thinking, well, I know here in the UK, we, we don't 
have enough women to do that and they're doing it as a european series here so it's going from country to country obviously collecting more athletes but it's still going to be difficult to to get that quantity of women what was it like at the events that you went to so the first event had 10 or 11 participants um and then the men i think had closer to 30. Mm. so definitely the numbers were lower on the women's side um i know that there was a lot of women and and probably men as well who kind of wanted to see what the first race looked like (laughs) and then base their decision on going into the series or not on that i heard i heard so many people say yeah i was thinking about going but i kind of want to see what the first one looks like Uh, (laughs) which is funny because the second one ended up being drastically different (laughs) so (laughs) um in what way was it different it was just way more strength heavy Mm. there was a much bigger focus on strength obstacles in the second one than there was in the first um with that said there was still a really long bucket in the first Mm. in the first one in florida um and do you think that's something that then is going to continue across the series because spartan kind of they've gone back to it now which is funny because i had this conversation a couple of weeks ago you know a couple of years ago it was the unknown you just prepare for whatever we're not going to tell you what's on a course then course maps happened and everyone knew what was coming she says Mm -hmm. marks, and now they're kind of going back to you know you're not going to find out what's going to happen you've just got to be prepared for it so do you think (laughs) that's something that they're going to do with the 3k from what you understand or was it yeah, just, I don't know. Happened. There's there's been all this talk about standardization mm. and and using this race series as a way to elevate athletes and to you know showcase our athleticism and showcase our sport. And so with all of that, the fact that it's you know they're they're pushing to have it as part of the Olympics, mm. um, and it's not even it's not even Spartan. It's it's you know. Um, world obstacle is Mm. is heading this this whole this whole mission up um but because of all that i I think a lot of us expected to see the standardization that's already been put in place the last few years Mm. to be continued Mm. um and yeah i mean they've totally changed that up um yeah there there was again there's so many questions on what the series was going to look like and a lot of us, I think, did like we saw the first one and we're like, OK, that's what it's going to look like. <laughs> and then they changed it, yeah. um, which I, I I don't even think it was necessarily a complete. A complete plan of theirs there, from what I've heard, there were there were challenges because of the amount of snow in Big Bear that yeah. made them like have Valid. last minute, last minute changes to the course. They couldn't build as many structures as they wanted to within the venue just just because of the snow, because of mm-hmm. the time crunch. So, I mean, who knows? Like, I, it's, it's very possible that, yeah, a week before they had no intention of putting a double sandbag in there. Mm-hmm. And then it came down to it and they're like, you know what? <laughs> We've made this boring course and <laughs> we want to <laughs> spice it up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know what happened. True. Fair exactly. Enough. I mean, that's the thing. But... That's why it's difficult to standardize OCR because it's not standardized, and you know, you're working with the elements. And you know, I know there are sports that do it to an extent, but 
it's 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 really difficult to and I was surprised as well when I read about that because my thought was I was under the impression that the purpose of this event was partly one of the reasons was to work towards standardization and Olympic entry so for it to not be standardized and it not be kind of said this is why but it will be standardized is it confused me a little because I was like, but this is, isn't this why you've been doing it? Isn't this why we have the laser pistols? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It confused me a bit. I mean, I did have a conversation with John Alban oh, it was a couple of series ago when we were talking about this and he, his, he made a comment that, you know, standardization could mean that there's uh, a selection of 50 obstacles and they pick from those for each event. So it's never mm-hmm. the same each time. And this would work within that because they're just picking from Spartan yeah. obstacles. But I think in that case, you need to know what you're up against because that's going to depend who races where. If you're more of mm-hmm. a strength athlete, you'll pick the events that are better geared towards strength. But as it is, things like high rocks, et cetera, are doing more for standardization and creating yeah. events that people love and want to take part in whilst being standardized mm-hmm. and not being boring. I just I just don't know if OCR is the place to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really hard to draw from other sports. Um because you can you can find you can find things both ways to confirm what you want to want to Absolutely. say. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can you can talk about basketball and soccer and how the rules are the rules every time they're not changing the balls, they're not changing the height of the net. <laughs> um, yeah, but they, they also happen in stadiums that are perfectly um maintained and (laughs) pedicured and manicured or whatever um you know and everything is really it's a huge sport with you know all of those things have grown into something that has also become you know kind of sterile as well like that's why Mm -hmm. it's difficult with you know you're saying perhaps it was the snow that caused the difficulties yeah because you're racing on mountains with snow that's pretty cool (laughs) but it's going to cause difficulties how how are those difficulties balanced out if this is what you're trying to achieve or do we just build courses yeah. inside that are, you know, rigs that get taken apart and moved around? But that's not OCR. It would be a fantastic yeah. aspect of OCR, but it's not the whole thing. Yep. Um, yeah. And yeah, definitely you can. Yeah. It's, it's again, you can like look at, you can look at CrossFit and you can be like, oh, you know, that's a sport that has a similar type of, um, you know, history to ours, mm. which is it's it's kind of built yeah. on this premise of unpredictability. Mm. And and I think that's like a very valid comparison because because that kind of is like the Spartan ethos. Mm. Um and then I think that raises the question too, well, is elite Spartan racing the same as Spartan racing for the masses? Mm-mm. Because I don't think it is. Mm. Um I think that like there are definitely things that you see in Tough Mudders and in, you know, Spartan Race Open Waves or in like the Agogis or in the Death Races that just wouldn't fly in elite yeah. races. That just like doesn't really have a, a place in in professional sports. But it's really cool for to have it in, in those areas. Mm. And there's, it's, yeah. So I think there's there's a bit of, Spartan racing and elite Spartan racing are being muddled when yeah. there actually is a distinction. Yeah. Um, 
but again, so it's like, yeah, you need, you need the athletes to be somewhat aware of what they're going to face because that's just at the end of the day, elite athletes, professional athletes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, they're, they have different goals and different, you know, different, like their training's different their goals are Mm -hmm. different. Um, like the risk involved is different. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I do think that athletes in general, like at that level, like they need to have a little bit more like for, for like, they need to be able to, to know a little bit more going into things. Um, but then that could be like in CrossFit, you have a relative idea that you need to be able to lift this amount of weight Mm. and you're going to see, you know, some long endurance events and you might see like some different new features, but Mm. you kind of know like the general components of fitness that you need. And I, I think that's, maybe that's what Spartan races are races are basically asking for. It's like mm-hmm. we, we at least need to know what are the general components that we need to to master. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like no one's walking into CrossFit from like a track and field background, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they <laughs> like no one's walking in without like a like a lifting background. Yeah. And being like, oh man, like didn't see that one coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I can't, I can't even lift that. Mm. Um, so I don't know. It's the, for, I, I think also <laughs> basically what I'm saying by that is that we have a different type of athlete in our sport, yeah. and and the the type of athlete that we attract, especially on the elite side is someone who comes from an, an endurance background it could be mm-hmm. could be running it could be biking but but like the athletes that tend to excel that tend to to do well have an endurance background mm. one way or another um and i like so, so what i <coughs> and what i sometimes tell people is that um in in ocr and spartan racing um you're you're never gonna let's see sorry i need to remember what i say (laughs) um oh you're never gonna win a race being a bad runner you can definitely lose a race being a bad obstacler Mm -hmm. but you're never gonna win a race as a bad runner anyone who's ever run a race is is like a very solid Mm -hmm. runner and you you, really solid endurance athlete whatever you actually want to call it but and that still holds true on a strength course. Mm. You know, the the winners of Big Bear, Chris and Rylan are are top-notch endurance athletes. Mm. And at the end of the day, that's why they won. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like they could have lost it on the double carry, they could have lost it on an obstacle, mm. but they didn't because they have those things checked off. Mm. But you can't just have those things checked off. You still have to have that endurance component. You have to. Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It's it's interesting what you say about Spartan race and Spartan racing elite is getting muddled, which is considering that this event is elite only. So it's 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 geared towards the elites and it's geared towards that competition. As always, I make the caveat with OCR, it's very young and a lot of conversations that need to be had to get things right. But I think when you are, when athletes are self-funded, 
you know, they very often have jobs as well and they are traveling to events. You need to be able to deliver for them. If you're going to fund it for them and say, we want to invite you for this <laughs> year testing, then yeah, you can kind of screw up as much as you want. There's less there in mm -hmm. terms of that sacrifice, but you still got what impact is this going to have on their body? What impact is this going to have on their racing? So you still can't, like, you're allowed to make some mistakes as a race brand, but you also have a responsibility to the people taking part. So it's 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 a really tricky one. And, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying Spartan screwed up. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> what you say there about Spartan race in general and the elite racing being kind of a bit muddled yeah it makes perfect sense mm -hmm. and it sounds like that in itself just needs to get worked out which i'm sure they will like spun always pulls it out of the bag it's just yeah yeah it's it's a new format and yeah i i know that they're they're figuring it out mm. just as much as athletes are figuring out if they want to be part and part of it mm. i get that um now you need to leave me in a few minutes so before you go i just wanted to catch up on ocr dream team talking about the amount yeah. of women that were at 3k this is something that you are quite passionate about and something that you've been working on in the last couple of years so quickly tell me about the dream team and how is it going yeah so we're on our third year now which is crazy and um so with it being a, a kind of a wild year with the direction of elite OCR changing into this 3k focus, some races going away, um, trail racing just continuing to take off. Mm. There has, there's been a big shift in the team and um, we'll, you know, I, I can go down the list, but we have athletes that are only doing trail this year. We mm. have some athletes that they want to do OCR, but they're not doing the series. They're just, you know, picking one 3K race here and then OCRWC here. Um, we have some athletes that are just racing more locally for the mm -hmm. most part. Um, and so so kind of just like the sport, the athletes in, on the team are kind of all across the board, <laughs> going in different directions. <laughs> Working it out. It's a, it's, it's a little crazy. It's a little messy. Um, but I'm, I'm like, I'm thrilled that that they're finding their own way and mm. and they're, you know, pursuing their passions. And um, I, I never, yeah, if like if athletes wanted to do the three K, if they wanted to do um, OCRWC, whatever, and then I'm. I'm excited for them to do that, but, um, but there's a lot of athletes that are frankly kind of focusing on trail now. Um, and we're trying to support them in those decisions too. So yeah, it's, it's good, but it's, it's a little bit, uh, <laughs> of a shift. <laughs> um, and, and then the other thing that a lot of people, um, have might've noticed is that we haven't brought on any new members this year. Mm. And it's something that we're still figuring out. We're still open to bringing on new team members, mm. but we just had to put the application process on hold um, for a number of reasons. And so um, I would, I would be really happy to see like one or two more athletes come on this year. Um, but I just don't know exactly when that's going to be, if that's going to happen. Yeah, Fair enough. It's, it's, you know, focusing on what you're doing and getting it right is very important to and everything, mm -hmm. whether it's sport or whatever, you grow too quickly or you grow when you're not supposed to and it doesn't work. 
So, and then very quickly, yeah. what are your plans for the year ahead? Where can we hope to see you? And what are you, what are you hoping to do? Uh, so I am currently training to go to Broken Arrow in June, nice. the Broken Arrow Sky Race. So I will be running the VK and the 23K there, which is very exciting. It's a um, wonderful race. I have so much fun every year. I was able to do the VK last year uh, with kind of like, you know, one and a half knees. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So this year, really happy to go into it feeling much stronger and have the opportunity to race the 23K too. So have a sort of a trail focus right now. Um, OCR, it is a little bit up in the air. I would like to know a little bit more about what Spartan has in mind for Mm -hmm the rest of the series um just because if there if there's going to be some some more strength elements like there was before uh that's something that i i as as just a smaller athlete and um as someone who hasn't been focusing on strength for the last two years (laughs) um that's going to be a pretty large ask of my body um and a pretty pretty short amount of time for me to put in the work that I would need to to do Mm. so um I yeah I need to make some big decisions about about Palmerton about the rest of the series um but besides that definitively I will be at OCRWC I have applied to the USA team to go to Belgium and so we will wait and see on that (laughs) Um, and then I really would love to go to the trifecta championships and Mm. get back to those roots of Spartan races because I do love those and I do miss those yeah yeah it's super fun that sounds like a good year like that sounds like a couple of really great events that you've got on the horizon so good um on that note I'll let you go because I know you have things to be getting to and stuff to do so it it was really really lovely to catch up with you well done it was great chatting with you your you know your comeback I think it's excellent and I hope you kind of carry on feeling fantastic and happy with what you're doing thank you so much (laughs) 